yo, welcome to the show, welcome to the show. I'm your host, the Prince of Unity, and this is the Lost African Podcast, where we talk about what? Apple culture, our history, financial literacy, and controversy. So that's everything black um, that deals with social and political issues and issues that we deal with as human beings, the issues that we deal with as the world. And what we're going to get into as we get back into the swing of things is Nigeria. Um, we are going to Nigeria because recently, especially the earlier this month, the 1st of October was what? Nigeria's Independence Day. Now, what does that mean? It means that Nigeria gained its independence from colonial powers such as the uh, Queen of Great Britain and the UK, right? The British. Now, they did so and they celebrated this in the city of Lagos in the 1960s, right? English was declared the national language during this time. And then the country ended up being divided into uh, three main groups, right? The uh, NPC, which was majority Muslim, um, the House of Fulani, um, House of Hulsa, please, as a African child, forgive me when I butcher some of these names. I am an American African child. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, there is also the N NC NC, which were mainly Christian Igbo, and then there were the Action Group, which were the left leaning Yorubas. And funnily enough, even though they gained their independence, right? Um, the the structures and the colonialized foundation was still very much implemented because a lot of the government was set up like the UK; they have a parliament. And in that parliament, previously, as I said before, those three main groups made up the 300 plus seatings of that parliament. And if you want to reference as far as like, it's Congress, right? Their parliament is, is basically like what our Congress is. So the Muslims House of Fulani made up 134 seats. Um, the NCNC, the NCNC is the National... Council of Nigeria and the Cameroons. So, which is so funny that my bloodline is made up of both um, that they end up having a uh, cohort or a alliance at some point before they did their own independent thing. Um, and then the NPC is the Northern People's Congress. Then you have the Action Group, which is uh, the Yoruba. So the uh, NTNC were Christians. They were well, they are, they're labeled as Christians. I know there are other faiths and other ethnic groups inside of this. But the majority were labeled as Christians and the majority ethnic group is called Igbos. Um, so the Igbos had 89 seats and left-leaning Yorubas had 73 seats. And then um, the NPC, had, which were Muslims, had 134 seats. Now, funnily enough, a lot like when we talk about Congress and how they move the needles and um, how they make decisions, how they change legislations, you have to get someone from the this side of the hall to be in agreement with you for the greater good of the people, similar to this year. So the Ebos and the Yorubas 
Brothers ethnic groups at some point have to agree upon if they wanted to pass legislation. I'm not saying this is exactly what happened. I'm just going over the, the pre-sorts based on the ratios because the Muslims in the House of Fulani and Hazu have 134 seats. So if you want to pass laws, you want to make legislations that will impact the social society, especially in the 1960s during the realm of um, Nigeria's independence you would need to make sway. Now, funnily enough, uh, what is called the middle belt, which is where the ethnic group's borders start to align. The only way these governmental powers would align with one another is if they were allowed to have their freedom of press, freedom of thought, freedom to uh, B, freedom of religion, freedom of self. And they said they would not join unless they practice, uh, unless, they, unless they didn't have to practice uh, sh sh Sharar laws, right? So now later down the line, they, they implemented other things like penal codes, but they were like, hey, if you want us to come into this um, congression with open arms or, or at least open ears, we have to have our freedom of thought, freedom of press, freedom of everything else. Now, the funny thing enough, even though they gained the independence, right, which was the reason why I wanted to learn and be in depth about saying I'm going to go and say, well, what? Why is Nigeria independence so important, right? Maybe being descended from Nigerians, maybe, maybe I should look into this. Even though they gained their independence, there were still a lot of inter-terminal. So this is where I like to relate the issues that we all have from historical moments in time. Because even though Nigeria gained their independence from um, the British colonial colonies, they still had in turmoil, internal fighting, which for some apparent reason, black people love to do. Sometimes, not all the time. There were ethical and regional reasons why there still was internal disagreements. A lot of that had to do with economical and a lot of that had to do with educational gaps. Because one of the things that a lot of people forget Yes, there are three major groups that probably house the rest of them. But the same way my, my Mali brother, um, who I work with in my nine to five, he says, bro, there, there are so many ethnic groups inside of a country. There are 250 ethnic groups inside of Nigeria. So you can be from a tribe and not be Igbo. You can not be Fulani. You can not be Yoruba. You can be your own individual cohort outside of when they established their governmental independence there still was discrepancies between euro or royal royal or urban royal outskirts the royal outlands or the countryside and the city they said that the city would get a lot of course uh, probably economical benefits and the world would get just dismissed. It's like, oh, that's the outsource, that's the countryside, it's not important. 
brought a lot of innovation uh, elevation along with probably trying to keep up with the world. Now they've made multiple attempts of trying to unify the country as a whole, trying to see each other as Nigerians. The same way I try to get the black people to see each other as brothers and sisters. We get hung up on whether we want to call ourselves black. We get hung up on whether we want to accept the fact that we are descended from Africans. We get hung up on the fact that we want to accept that we are the first scientifically proven melanin people of the world. And yet we can't just sit at the table and say, mm-hmm. Now how how are we going to progress as these multi-named seemed people? Now, in this time frame in the 1960s and so forth, a lot of people tried to do this through music, laws, and education. Now, what ended up happening was they wanted to get back to more African traditions, right? Because they wanted to stay away by gaining their independence. One of the biggest things that a lot of countries do, especially even in Nigeria, is that they want to go back to their own traditions, have an identity of self. And with that being said, a lot of the Nigerian foundation went back to studying uh, anthropology and archaeology, which is a lot like me. For those who don't know, anthropology is a study of human society and culture. What do we do on the show? We study human society and culture that is based around the African descendant man and woman who has touched every part of this earth and who is and you will see on every part of this earth. And then it's archeology, span which is a study of human history. So how does the Afro man, the black man, the melanin man of the earth, history impact society? How does it move the needle? It can either go through tradition, it can go through innovation, it can go through tech, at the end of the day, how does it move the needle? Now, one of the things that came across while I was researching uh, how Nigeria got its independence and through that, uh, because again, I mentioned there were a lot of internal fighting there was something uh, about the, how do you say it? Bailafin Wars. Now, as much as I talk about peace and unity on the show, I still have to acknowledge that we have a long way to go as just a human society, human world. And we should not let internal fighting, internal disagreements get us to the point of harming one another because what matters, our lives matter. At any time, at any era, our lives should matter to each other. Whether we be from the continent, whether we were born on the continent or not, whether we were born somewhere else, chosen, displaced, or otherwise, our lives should matter to each other. We have to get to that place. When I learned about the Bailoffin wars and the internal disagreements, I was really, really actually sad at the number. Like it was like a million or two million uh, brothers and sisters who died off 
hindsight disagreements. Like legitimate, like to me, to me, because I don't have, I don't have a personal like in depth about it. But when I look at it long run and long term, small things to a giant. Small things to a giant. Baby. But if you enjoyed on the show for today, if you hyped interest, please like, share, go check out all the other episodes. Subscribe on the YouTube channel, and I will holler at y'all later. All right. Peace.